welcome to Wine Down, the podcast where we talk wine and everything that goes with it. Today we're talking beer with Tim Golden. Hello, thank you for being here. Thanks for having the me. The Village. Yes. Tell us about it. So Village Bottle Shop and Tasting Room is a beer-centric um, um, retail store and what we call a beer cafe. So it's kind of split into two parts. Half of it's a retail store, so you can come in, buy beer and go. And the other half is our beer cafe. So we have 18 rotating taps, um, a bunch of wines on draft. Um, and what we do is source and curate sort of the best beers in the world um, to bring to Honolulu. Wow. Fully agreed. Okay. <laughs> nice. Thirsty? Wine Very much. <laughs> cool. Uh, Figaro? Yeah. Is there a proper way to pour beer? No. Cool. I mean, as long as it doesn't overflow, right? I like that answer. Uh, so is it okay to have like a thick layer? You should, yeah. Oh, I think okay. that's um, appropriate. In, in, in Belgium and in Germany, if, if you don't have a good foamy head, it's not considered a good pour. It's partly aesthetic, right? It, it just looks good. So you have a contrast of colors, but it's also, um, it serves a purpose. When you're pouring out a beer like that, you're releasing the carbon dioxide out of it. Oh. So that carbon dioxide is going to take the, the aroma and shove it up into your face. And as you probably learned with Chris, like a lot of your taste is revolves around your smell. Mm -hmm. So if you're drinking out of a can or a bottle, you can't smell anything, right? Because it's just in your mouth. Um, but pouring a beer out into a glass, you're gonna allow it to release aroma. It also releases a lot of carbon dioxide. So instead of all that CO2 going into your gut, it's actually getting released right now. So you're bringing down some of the CO2 volumes, little less bubbles in your stomach. That goes to show that I've had this whole beer thing wrong because I've always <laughs> tilted the glass. Yeah. Like You can do that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're, a, to you're a no-head kind of girl. <laughs> you know what? Beer is just not my forte, but hey, fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> agree. That's kind of you to think that they actually learn things on the show, Tim. That's really sweet. <laughs> well, um, this is kind of cool because we have a wine expert and a beer expert in the same place. Yeah. So you get to learn about both. I really do think, I mean, it's so weird how people try to like separate the two, right? Like, oh, do you drink wine, beer, and spirits? And mm. the answer is like, yes, yes, yes. and yes. Like, <laughs> uh, of course, I, I think of it like, like surfers and bodyboarders, like why is there, or like stand-up paddlers, like why is there friction between these groups? Like it all stems from the love of the ocean. And in our case, it all stems from like love of Alcohol. getting drunk. <laughs> I mean, there's more than that, right? There's like sharing and there's there's um, community and you often enjoy it around food, but um, yeah, it's, it's all fun. I, I'm a huge fan of Village um, and I drink more beer than I drink wine. This actually, this show should be called like Beer and, this particular show, because <laughs> I didn't bring wine. Like, so we're drinking right now Cascade, one of my favorite sour breweries in America out of Portland, started in the late 90s, um, truly as like a super craft sour beer thing. Um, 10 barrels, I think they started with, and yeah. now they're considered, I mean, the, it's state of the art oh. there now. It's, it's amazing. Um, Come on, Moani. Come on, you can do Just it. Just do it. <laughs> She's like, I don't drink beer. You can't cheers and not drink. Okay, okay cheers. Yeah. How come yours is a different color? Um, I ate asparagus. No. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the first Stop. pour. No, I. Um, <laughs> oh, you poured wow. the vine. Cut. No. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I. Yeah, it's a different beer. So when I opened this one, it foamed up really quickly. Yeah. Right. Can you explain that? Like why certain beers? Yeah, I mean that one. Um, it had probably residual sugars in it. So as it's in the bottle, it's still fermenting. I see. So when you opened it, um, that carbon that carbonation in it is really strong. So it's gonna wanna come out. So if you don't pour it um, quickly, you're gonna have a foam ball. Foam ball, I like it. Um, these are, so the Cascade is a sour beer for sure, but there's a lot of wine elements that go with it. In, in your glass right now is Figaro, which is 
uh, aged in Chardonnay barrels. There's a lot of, uh, uh, for instance, the vine is done using Gewürztraminer, which is a little more sweeter, sweeter type of grape. But there's a lot of like beer and wine crossover. Mm -hmm. A lot of beer people doing like incorporating wine elements. What do you what do you think about that? Like the new like the new age of exploration and and innovation. Is that is it too much? It's some, some no, point? because I think it's been going on forever, right? I mean, if you think back, I mean, people were aging beer in barrels, no different than they were aging wine in barrels, and that crossover was had always been there. Um, and then in Belgium, they were always just you know using whatever ingredients were available. Um, so now in like the modern craft world the craft, American craft brewers are just finding new ways to experiment and do something new, right? And that's the nice thing. In America, there was no restrictions on what you could and couldn't do in beer. So when someone said, let's put figs in a beer and then throw it in wine barrels and let it sit for two years mm -hmm. and see what it tastes like, you could do that in America when no one really cared. Um, where in some other countries, it's sort of taboo to do that mm -hmm. just because there's so much tradition. But you know, I think it's so interesting, like how you say that in America, they do things Anything a little different, right? Yeah. They, like you said with wine, we have Same the new thing. age and the old age, but in America, it's like the new age wine, right? Or new world, sorry, yeah. new world. They do learn I something, learned too. something. Yeah. This is like Pearl's yeah. Papa moment. But it's like America just messes with what everybody already made. You yeah, know? So. they take chances. Is this your yeah. first time trying sour beer? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty dark. You mean sour. yes? <laughs> yeah, it's acidic. It's that's what I was yeah, gonna it's say. It's acidic, <laughs> but we're gonna have to hold it. We have to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk more beer with Tim. Rest easy with the new windows from Windows Hawaii, featuring Ali'i Extreme Windows with their exclusive sound reduction and security package. Call six seven one zero eight zero eight today. Enjoy Andis Winery's new painted fields, Cuvée Blanc, featuring the sought-after Vermentino varietal, exclusively at 7-Eleven Hawaii. Welcome back to Wine and we're here with Tim talking about beer. Okay, so Moani, I know you didn't quite um, like that one, but let's you know beer, Right? Um, you love sour beer, right? <laughs> I've just never tried it. I think it's just an acquired taste. Like even when yeah. you first smell it, you can actually really smell like a sweet, then sour, and then yeah, it's just very acidic. Like historically, <laughs> most beers were sour. Yeah. Like hops wasn't a thing, which is an antibacterial stuff. Like it, it prevents spoilage, which is essentially what sour beer is. But I feel like a lot of people in Hawaii like it because it's. Sort well, it's like, like beer is like leaky moi, right? Yeah, yeah, this is actual sour it's like, beer. It's like I think I like if you know what to, if you know what to expect, it's a lot mm -hmm. easier. Oh, and right. when people tell you what you're gonna taste, then it becomes a little bit more acceptable. Yeah. we have no expectation. Yeah, if you had no yeah. expectation of what it is, and then you, <laughs> Goes you out the door. yeah, yeah. And then you're all of a sudden like, whoa. So right. when someone comes in, or you say you're doing a tasting, is there a certain way or like etiquette? I mean, I have no idea of anything about beer. So is there a way that needs to be poured? You talk, sip, or cheers? You know yeah. how people do like the clank clank yeah. in the yeah. fancy No, thing? and I think that's the, the nice thing about beer is like, it doesn't matter. Mm. It's it's what you want, how you want to enjoy it, where you want to enjoy it. It's it's easily accessible. There ha doesn't have to be this stigma around it where it's like, if you're drinking an expensive bottle, like that bottle's, you know, it's a pretty bottle, it's a big bottle. It's not cheap just because the age, the amount of time it takes to make, Sort of sure. like a wine, right? If it takes three years, it's going to cost a lot more to make. But at the end of the day, you drink it the way you want to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you want to drink it out of the bottle, go ahead. But it's it tastes a lot better when you pour it out. Um, and it's also not a beer that you're going to consume in like mass quantities. 
So it's would you say like uh, the beer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so would you say like the beer process and like wine making process are similar in how long it takes or certain types of beers like okay. that? Um, the beer on on the other side. Can we go ahead and pour. No, it's a much. It's it's a faster. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's um, you know, this is a a beer style that you're both going to be much more familiar with because it's basically a beer style that everybody in the world drinks. It's a it's a light lager. Um, this one just happens to be a German-made one nice. and probably one of the better ones in the world. But um, it's like anything from Germany is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like and this is and this is a beer that again like at the end of the day. Brewers want to drink this style of beer at the end of the day. Winemakers want to drink this because um, it's light, it's refreshing. There's not a lot there, but it's still really good. And that's sometimes having something super simple is the best. That's all you want, right? You don't want to think too hard about just the pleasure of having a drink. I mean, there's a reason right. why I love to drink beer because, like, you do wine for a job. Yeah. I, I want beer flavored beer at the end of the day. Like, winemakers say that it takes a lot of good beer to make a lot of good wine. You go to any winery, like, what do you see in the fridge? Like, <laughs> macro cans, like, yeah. Bud Coors Miller Lite. I swear, it's... it's Like, they... Yeah. Dr they're oh, yeah. yeah. While they're making wine? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's low alcohol. It's it's usually hot. They're doing a lot of work. They're sweaty. At the end of the shift, too, like, when you talk about restaurants, what do you want to drink? I don't want, like, a shot of whiskey. I want mm. mass light, quantities of beer. Yeah, light, light and refreshing, refreshing right? right? I mean, it's like the same this. thing if you're cruising in someone's, like, garage or at the park or somewhere, right? And you're just going to have... It's a hot day. You want something light and refreshing. This just happens to be, you know, a smaller produced... German beer, but it's the same kind of style that of all the others, just made differently a little bit. So it's like high quality beer flavored beer. Yeah, and that's what we always say. It's beer flavored beer. It's beer that tastes like beer. Because there's other beers that don't taste like beer. Like these. Lee Moy. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm used to tasting when yeah. I taste beer. Yeah. yeah. Can I pronounce right. this? Yeah. We should have served this one first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's catch this reminds me of like, something that my dad would drink, mm -hmm. or like me always like being around him and like going to smell his glass. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. But it just reminds me of my dad. So, what are the popular beers that you think at Village that sells most here in Hawaii? Um, for us, it's a, a slightly different audience. I mean, so we're not, we don't sell. Like Chris said, the mass market macro loggers, just because it's just not our forte. But you know, IPAs are still king, and that's still probably the number one selling beer for us, both okay. in retail and on draft. Hazy IPAs are the king of that, um, just because they've just become so popular in the last seven years. They're they're still hop forward, but they're not as bitter, and you get more flavor and aromatics out of them versus straight up bitterness. So those outsell everything else two to one easily. And what made it so popular? Because that is like something that I hear everybody talking about. Like even my boyfriend and his friends, I'm like, cool, IP what? Have you ever <laughs> had an IPA? Nope. I haven't either. That sounds like interesting. But they're always like talking about it. Or, and I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but cool. I've heard it in so many conversations. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. So we'll, we'll get back to that okay. as soon as we get back from Wyatt. 120-day peace of mind guarantee exclusively at Inspiration Interiors. Inspiration will refund you the difference if you find a lower price on identical merchandise delivered in Hawaii. When the sun comes up, your bill goes down with Revolusun. Call 748-8888 or visit online at revolusun.com now. Hawaii's premier solar provider. 
So we left off talking about IPA, and I asked what made it all of a sudden like the whole craze seven years ago. Like, what exactly is it that guys are like, I wanted IPA? And, <laughs> like that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you bring an IPA? Nope. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what Tim thinks of IPAs. No, I, and I love them, and it's what I got into it. But I think 25 years ago or more, when kind of the original craft brewery movement started, it was just such a different flavor. People were used to drinking mass-produced macro lagers. And then all of a sudden, the breweries started making these beers that were more hop-forward. And you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, the IPAs were much more bitter um, and really abrasive. And, and I think people looked for that. They wanted something different. In the last seven years, um, hazy IPAs or New England IPAs became really, really prominent. And that was where um, some brewers realized, you know, if we change how we use the hops and change what we do in the process, we can have a ton of flavor and it, you get all these tropical fruit notes. It's like guava, strawberry, wow. you know, mango, pineapple. There's no fruit in these beers, but if you smell it, it smells like a fruit basket. And tropical fruit tends to be like the, the dominant and it's all hops, but they're just doing it in a different process and then you don't get all that bitterness. Oh. And then they use a lot of oats and wheat in the beer. So if you've had like a Hefeweizen before, you know, you they see how- I haven't, but I'm gonna nod. <laughs> you know what a wheat like a wheat beer is like cloudy, right? If you've seen people drinking a Hefeweizen, it's cloudy. That's sort of like the original hazy beer, um, and there's a ton of wheat in the beer, so oh. it gives it a softer mouthfeel, and it kind of like they call it pillowy. Mm. Um, so it's not prickly and um, on your tongue. Yeah, pillowy. so it's soft, right? It's soft in your palate, and then all of a sudden you get all these, you know, pineapple, mango, uh, tangerine, all these flavors, wow. but there's no fruit in these beers. So have you been able to like go to different breweries here? Like, are there breweries here? I've never heard of any. Educate us, please. Yeah, um, <laughs> the craft brewing scene in, in Hawaii has grown tremendously um, over the last like 15 years. And um, which is important because a, a place like Village, Bottle Shop, and Tasting Room wouldn't be able to exist without the local breweries because it kind of builds a community and it builds um, an audience. So the local breweries have, Really, in the last seven years, um, Kakako's been like a big heart of that because mm -hmm. you have Honolulu Beer Works, you have Aloha, you have Waikiki, you have Hanakoa. There's a new one called Lokahi opening up pretty close. For, um, then you have you know you have Inu Island Ales in Kaneohe, you have Lanikai, um, you have Beer Lab. They have multiple locations, and that's all in Oahu. And it sounds like a lot, but per capita and the amount of beer they're making, it's not a lot. And there's still a lot of room for growth. Then you have you know like Maui Brewing Company. Um, you have another one on Maui called Kohola. Um, I think nice. Kauai has two. Mm -hmm. Big Island has three or four. That are, and they're all making really good beers. And they all do kind of different things, which is you want variety, right? And so not every brewery is doing the exact same beers. And people like to jump around and do things. Are you That's making great. your own beer? Are no, you we don't. Are making it with anyone? Maybe <clears throat> Lanai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working. Um, we're we're definitely um, working on a sibling podcast. <laughs> we're gender neutral here. Yeah, really? it's a sibling podcast. Um, Tell us more. Yeah, called Cold Ones. So basically, you know, it's about like what we're doing now. And and the cool thing about beer is it's it's super approachable. And and what has always been either whether it's here or anywhere else in the world, people just get together and hang out and have beers and have conversations and talk. And that's the focus of the show. And, you know, we can talk about beer, but it's really about other stuff going on. Kind of like this show where, you know, it's, it's wine is the basis, but 
there's so much other stuff that you can talk, you just talk, sorry. Well, we rarely we talk wine about yeah, things exactly. on the show, Tim. Well, I have to say that this smells really good. I love chocolate. So tell us, And it what reminds is me of those candies, like taffy almost, that you would, like oh. in a silver. <laughs> is it like that? Yeah. Big sips. So Big the, sips? the other one was beer flavored beer. This is candy flavored beer, basically. <laughs> and what is it called? What is the name of the candy that I'm thinking about? Like Almond Joy or something? No, it's... Um, Mounds. Like, Mounds? No, it's like... Almond Joy. It gets no, no, stuck no, no, to no, your no, teeth. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Tootsie no. Roll. Like, oh. not like a Tootsie Roll, but yeah. it's it's like in that silver packaging. I know what you're talking about. I don't know. When we yeah. come back from the break, I will have the name of that what candy, but we're going to shoot over to Tevis for the cocktail of the week. See you guys when we get back. Thanks again, guys. Welcome back to today's cocktail of the week. Um, now, not gonna make a beer cocktail necessarily, but we are gonna make a cocktail made from another local type of brew. It's gonna be Paradise Ciders, obviously something made from apples, if you will. It's gonna be a mango flavored cider. They call it the Mango Days. This drink is gonna bring and sing true to local flavors all the way around, at least local flavors here in Hawaii. First thing we're gonna add is some local vodka. It's Pau Vodka made on Maui. Super simple, probably the most simple drink that we'll be doing together. One ounce of vodka. We're gonna do a little bit of lime juice. Add some tartness here. Quarter ounce here. And a little bit of lily cord or passion fruit. Quarter ounce is just perfect here. Right now I'm using fresh lily cord, so it does already have a nice tartness to it. That's basically it. So now we're gonna shake this one up. So this drink named after very famous local song here in Hawaii by Manal Company called Drop Baby Drop. It's on Spotify right now. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Now our glassware, we're gonna have rim with some lihimoi powder. Lihimoi essentially is a dried Asian plum. We dry it out here in Hawaii even further, kind of get it down to a powder and that's gonna create a nice little tartness, saltiness, even a little bit of sweet, kind of hits all those flavors of the palate really nicely. Before we strain that out, add ice to our glass. So we're gonna strain this out, top it off with some Mango Days Cider from Paradise Ciders. And our garnish, just following true to form, Crack seed shop type lihimoy mango. Drop, baby, drop. Cheers. Thank you, Tevis, for the cocktail of the week. That looks amazing. Okay, so we're back. Did you think of that that candy that you said that this were there? You're welcome. <laughs> no, I'm gonna thank someone else for I that. I feel like I'm in a sitcom right now, seriously. Like, I've been no, saying it the whole time. It reminds me of like my tutu. She'd always have Werther's in her bag, and if you got it and it was like kind of sticky, it would stick to your teeth. That reminds like coconut all like. Yeah. That's like the old person joke, yeah. They like have the candy. They like the Werther's <laughs> candy. Yeah. Totally. Wait, so, so flavorful. Did though. we find a beer that you actually like? I think so. Really? I think so. Oh, you know, if you drink that glass, you're gonna be bombed. But yeah. what? <laughs> Do you think more women? Like this because it's like sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, it's also um, a lot of guys drink it. Oh. Oh. Today. So this is like a. What, what it's was a pastry it? stout. Pastry. So basically, it's 
they they take ingredients to an imperial style or an imperial porter, like a dark beer, okay. um, chocolate, coconut, vanilla, and sometimes toasted almonds, um, Almond and they beer. put copious amounts into the beer to get that flavor. That's why the flavors are so pronounced and so, so sweet. Strong. Yeah, they're so strong. Um, it's also strong. It's almost 12% alcohol. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> so that's why. But it's going to be a great thing. Yeah. Sorry, crew. The following <laughs> episodes are going to yeah. be fantastic. The, amount, go the amount of ingredients too. they use in this is incredible. I mean, the amount of vanilla, pure vanilla they use in this to get those flavors is a ton. So these beers aren't normally cheap. They're also kind of um, a little more rare. They're harder to get. And um, people line up at breweries to get these type wow. of beers just because they're they're made in limited quantities just because that's how you can't make a lot of it. So is this like more of a heavy, it's a heavy It's a heavy beer. Yeah, heavy it's beer. high it's calorie. Oh, Are there yeah. any low calorie beers? Come on. There's low calorie beers. This, oh, this is high calorie. This is high calorie. No, they're not fun. You know, I, I was one of those people that like early on got into these this type of style and I was on a couple of like mailing lists for breweries that I don't want to speak ill of, but like, you know, I mean, it's a thing. People, you know, sign up, they're on mailing lists. It's like lists. beer they, clubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, and, and, and people will wait in line because um, there's just limited amounts of it. So if you want it, you have to go to the brewery the day they release it. Oh, and if you're in line and you're one of the first 500 people or whatever, you get it. If not, there's a whole secondary trading market where people will have secondary um, apps and online systems where they trade beers or purchase beers on the secondary market for inflated prices. Just, do you do any trading like no. within the village? No, never. never. <laughs> well, at village, at village, no, because we're we're strictly a retail shop. But me personally, I've never done it. It's just not, I don't know, not my thing. Beer flavored beer. Beer flavored beer. I so, like this. Yeah, this is really of course you cool. Do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I basically wish... like a chocolate cake. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I just wish it was low calorie because I could just tank this whole thing. It'll be really bad. Well, yeah. The rest of the day is going to be For amazing. The day. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be like, hey. Yeah. So how much would, say, these go for? So the, the can, the 12-ounce can is $10. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah. But it's a 12% beer. And the reason why the pastry shops are so expensive is because the amount of pure vanilla they use. And vanilla beans, 200 and something dollars a pound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they use pounds of vanilla bean that go into it. So the cost of making these beers is really high. Whereas something like the Schoenrammer, the, the Helles is $5 a bottle. You know, so it's... tell us where our audience can find you real quick. Sure. Like on, you, on Instagram or websites. Or yeah. Um, well, you can find us at, at Village Bottle Shop and Tasting Room in Kakaako. We're in the Salt Complex. We're right across from Moku and Arvo. Um, you can follow us at Village Beer on Instagram. So that's where we're most active is on Instagram. So it's just at Village Beer, and basically, you know, every beer that we get in that's new, we post about it, we talk about it, um, and it ranges in style. You know, we go from you know something like this that's super trendy and popular to something like the Schinramer, isn't, mm -hmm. but it's just something that people love. It goes like going back to it's like it's the type of beer that people want to drink. Well, we're gonna actually continue this on our YouTube extended version. So go ahead and check us out, follow us, like, comment, and we'll see you there. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Cheers. All right, welcome back to our YouTube extended version. Thank you for watching. Be sure to tell your friends, hit the subscribe button, and also leave a comment down below. All right, so I guess we should just pick up. We kind of had to refrain from talking because there was more so questions being asked. But so Chris is a sommelier. Loosely. Yeah. Okay. The what? What? You're a 
master. Cicerone is basically somewhat the loosely equivalent, um, and it's basically a, a a group of people formed a company at some point ten years ago, and they realized that the beer world was becoming complicated and, and diverse, and they wanted to have sort of a certification board, somewhat to how the sommelier board was formed. And um, it's a series of tests, pretty much modeled much like after the sommelier It like mirrors it almost exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like level-wise. I mean, so they you had can a, they taste had any blueprint. beer and know exactly the name of it? No, because beer's a lot, a lot different because oh. so, like with, you know, we're drinking this, right? And they. Mm where it's made it could be made anywhere in the world right and it doesn't really reflect too much on the terroir or the grape that that stuff doesn't matter this is ingredients that they've purchased from all over the world it's made in san diego but the malt might have come from canada wow. the vanilla might have come from madagascar the oh, almonds wow. probably came from northern california so it's it's less about that and more about um understanding beer styles the history of certain beer styles um off flavors is a big one, you know, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of problems with, you know, especially in draft where beer can be um, altered by, you know, infections and whatnot. And beer's not going to taste as good, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the more the focus on it versus with um, the sommeliers, it's really knowing the, the place of the wine um, and all of that. So it can get a lot more complicated in the sommelier world. Whereas a beer. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, we're not, so beer's not as much terroir based. Mm -hmm. um, there are some beers that are, can be, where they, so like the, the Schoenrammer, yeah. um, that is a lot of terroir in there because basically that brewer in Bavaria only sources his malt from one farm, his hops come from one farm, and they will, vary how they use it based on the growing season because every year it's agricultural product right oh. so the barley's growing but one year might be rainier than the other um, the hops are growing it but one hill might produce hops that are a little more spicier than another hill and it's how they use that in ratio um, but that's you know that's a unique case most beer the products are it's a commodity right mm -hmm. you're buying barley local breweries here you know they want to brew um, a beer with European malt. They're buying malt that was grown in Germany, mm. malted in Germany, mm -hmm. and then shipped halfway around the world. So basically, wow. there's just a lot of... Experimentation. Yeah, mm -hmm. experimentation, like yeah. trial, error, you name yeah. it. So, okay, since this is my favorite beer. <laughs> I really want to see the after effects. Let's go. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Please don't. We have a couple more yeah, we're shooting. Really the day. Wait, do you know, so, like, we're all sharing this one 12-ounce thing. One, that's great. And... But that is sold just by the can. Individually. Individually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, before, wow. I mean, that's in a 12 ounce can, which the smaller size is great. But, you know, when Chris was talking about some of the beer clubs he was in before, you would buy that same style of beer in a 750 ml, which is t almost 26 ounces. I was going to say, and why does it come is in the a pricing can? different? Yeah. yeah. So your pricing would be exponentially higher, uh -huh. right? Um, the canning is just a lot easier. Mm -hmm. um, the bottles had a higher dollar appeal mm -hmm. you know it's prettier it's you're selling like a high-end product it's like yeah. wine. um but really the liquid inside is the exact same so right. they used to the the cost and the price once they started some breweries are putting them in cans mm -hmm. plummeted because wow. the, the raw material to put in a can it's a lot easier it's cheaper to ship you can fit more cans per case on a pallet 
versus a big bottle like that. That bottle's expensive. The mm. bottle's heavy. It's he it's expensive to ship. You have to pack it. So you're paying for the visual aesthetic of the fancy bottle, but what's inside's the same thing. Yeah. That's how do you feel that's about exactly yeah. like wine. How do you feel yeah. about canned wine? Like, no. Yes. Yeah. Or boxed wine. <laughs> that's a Maybe. great question. <laughs> you know, time and place for everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Wine is snobby enough as it is. Like, why put, you know, anything down? I was the person that stopped the bag in college. You know, I, I, I totally get like drinking box wine and whatever. If I didn't do that, like it wouldn't lead me to be able to get paid drinking and, and talking yeah. about, about this kind of stuff. For beer, sure. beer has the same sort of, um, there's, there's people who won't drink beer out of a can or won't buy beer that's in a can. They oh. still will insist on bottles. And even in Germany and Belgium, you, you can't, they, they can beers there, but it's all for export. But if you're in Germany and Belgium, like it's really just a cheap, cheap beer that is put in cans. Oh. So if you go in in Belgium, like Jupiler is in cans. That's sort of like the Bud Light of of um, Belgium, and it's you know you can buy a lot of it. But then the the better the beer quality gets, it starts going in the bottles, and you're not going to see it. But that's just culturally, that's what they want. They want it in bottles, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I love beer in cans. Yeah, it's great. Like, really? Yeah, Orion, like we do like. Yeah, somebody told me to only buy it in cans, and we did blind taste tests for. Oh. I mean, it's so it's such a cheap Okinawan beer, or whatever you have it at the izakayas, but it really does like it. It helps protect it from light. It seems fresher for some reason. I I, I don't know. They seal better. I mean, you still have a cap on top of the bottle, yeah. mm -hmm. and that cap, you know, it still can let oxygen in. Mm -hmm. um, whereas a can, it's. You know, it's completely opaque. Light can't get in because light will even on brown bottles. Like eventually, if it's it gets in, it, it gets in right. Um, cans chill faster too. So if you want something oh. to get cold, colder faster, I mean, it's less mass to go through to get the cold through, and then it's also it's cheaper to ship. Wait, um, so brown bottles, what's what's the difference? Because in Hawaii, we know green bottles. Green yeah. bottles, <laughs> bottles, baby. So brown bottles versus Thank green you. bottles. There's a difference when it comes to shipping temperature. Um, it's it's all about light permeability. Um, versus clear bottles too, right? So it's, it's all because of the hops. Hops have, if, if hops get exposed to sunlight, they, there's a chemical reaction that happens oh. that will then produce, you've heard the word like skunky beer. And that's, so skunky beer is basically like a reaction of <laughs> like light. Skunk. Yeah, it mm -hmm. starts to get like a really rancid oh. aroma, but that's because light has hit the hop compounds and particles in the beer. And all of a sudden it produces like a really off, People say like weed a little bit too. Yeah. No? So do like, they just throw yeah. the beer no, away? So, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. little. That, it gets a little like rancid, danky. That's why. So hops, hops is actually a cousin of weed. Like hops and cannabis oh. are related genetically. Genetically. So oh. that's why Heineken is so pop. No, yeah, I mean that's I mean, one I of those know. things where like. I think it, it's more of like a. It does feel like. Local. Yeah. Heineken is weird because Heineken in America, it had green bottles, right? And it, it had been coming into the country for so long and then it had been getting skunky. But Americans had been so used to like, that's the flavor of Heineken, that when they, Heineken in the Netherlands, they realized that, oh, it's, does it, this isn't how it's supposed to taste. Because if you go there, it doesn't have that same taste. But then they changed it so that when it came to America, it didn't have that skunkiness. Oh, okay. And American drinkers didn't like it anymore because they were so used to that off flavor that that is like, this is how Heineken is supposed to taste. 
So now they, what they did was like that, the Heineken for export ended up being made that way Skunky, with, with that purpose. flavor on purpose. Whereas if you go, that's why people that's say, like, well, if you go to Amsterdam and you go and you drink Heineken there, it doesn't taste the same. It's like, no, it doesn't taste the same mm-hmm. on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like, like you drink Corona in a clear bottle. There's a thing that they can do where it prevents the light struck. So they put a there's a there's a um, a chemical compound they can put in there where then all of a sudden your your beer's not getting light struck so that's why you can have a clear bottle and Corona it doesn't have that skunkiness. When's the last time you drink drank a Corona? Uh, I like Modelo better. <laughs> that's when not, was the last time the you drank a Corona? Probably seven years ago. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, that was my college drink. That, really? that was a lime. That was, yeah. I had a yeah. Tecate like two weekends ago. Yeah. What is that? Tecate. It's another Mexican beer. Do you ever drink like macro like macro beers? Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Tecate. I I like them. I like Mexican lagers. Why do you like Mexican lagers? Like, what's different? They're good. Cheap. They're refreshing. They're cheap. Yeah. You know, like you can buy a twelve pack of Modelo, pretty cheap. It's pretty good. I mean, there's a time. I don't know. I it, the same thing. The snobbery, right? It's like I don't care. Like if yeah. someone wants to drink Coors Light, they drink Coors Light. I don't care. It's like you hand me a Coors Light. It's a hot day and it's cold. I'll drink it. You know, it's yeah. refreshing. Um, I prefer like a Modelo or Tecate or something. I have preferences, mm-hmm. but it's also, I mean, it is what it is. It's funny right? you mentioned Coors Light because that's like the only thing my dad drank. It was, Ooh. I still have yeah. like the bottle cap. It was the first beer that I drank with him legally. Um, but like brand loyalty, like the old oh, school yeah. guys was like, no, I, I only drink Bud Light. Well, do you, Why? Do you know yeah. the difference? Like, could you taste the difference? Or I don't know, is, is that something that you feel change now with like the younger yeah. group coming in there's no brand loyalty now wow. so it's harder to stock and harder to yeah well because people they're more adventurous right so they want to try different things mm-hmm. so they see that come in and that come in and that come in and they don't care what brewery it's from they might have breweries that they don't prefer mm-hmm. that they say oh i've tried a bunch of things from that brewery i don't never really did it for me but for the most part it's not like they're buying sierra nevada every week you know, yeah. whereas before, like dads used to always buy what it was Miller Lite. They only drank Miller Lite, yeah. right? Or yeah. like you know Corona or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now they might they might always have their fallbacks. So Sierra Nevada, they know like oh that everything they makes good. So maybe if I don't know what to buy, I'm just getting a, a six pack of Sierra Nevada. But it's not like it's the only thing they buy. Um, they want the variety. They want to go in and go oh this is new, that's new, that's new. Just great, but it's also tough for a lot of breweries because mm-hmm. then they don't have that consistent mm-hmm. stream of income. Stream right? of income, yeah. so they're always having to make new beers, and that's why, like at Village, there's so many new beers coming in mm-hmm. all the time, and that's just a, a function of the industry now. It's like mm-hmm. they have to be constantly making new beers, changing the labels, changing the names. I don't how do you know. stay up with trends? Like, how do you I know, up? I'm just listening to you. So like, how a, do you keep... I was a Tim Golden fan for like a very long time. I was a, like, this, this guy like paved the way for, he was, he was one of the early influencers for, for Hawaii as far as beer culture goes. Uh, had a blog that I used to follow religiously, uh, told us where the cool beers were going to be dropping and all that kind of stuff. It really was like something that all the alcoholics look forward to. Um, yeah, but so he was the guy on the cusp of all the cool news and, and all the goings on in the industry. A lot of emails and texts, that's all. I mean, it's, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. So just staying up with what's coming out, when, where, where the trends are. Um, like, like, like the pastry styles, like that's, they're super popular I right had now. no idea that yeah. pastry style was a thing in beer. It's huge right now. 
You, I didn't we know you were a nurse. Game changer. Game changer right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, you so much for being a part of this. Be sure to follow us on um, at Wind and Podcast. Also, be sure to hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, leave a comment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Cheers. And visit Village. Yeah, yeah. Village. Yes. They have pastry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. <laughs>